We're gonna make a podcast about Death Note and I'll get my friends to watch it on TV. I already showed them a couple shows so they have trusted me. Maybe, kinda. Good morning, good evening, good whatever it is, wherever you are. And welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, the single season television show rewatch podcast that focuses usually on, I don't know, a space western or some kind of sci-fi show, but this season we're taking two anime-resistant first-timers through the series Death Note. Not one, but two episodes at a time. I, of course, am your host, Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse. And with me, as always, is my very longtime friend, Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm Network and the co-host of Quest Me with Jeremy, if I'm not mistaken. Justin, sorry. Justin, every time. thank you. Captain Justin, Bootscoot. Justin, every time. Sorry, Justin. You f- my fault. You, f- you forgot Captain Bootscoot there? Man, I saw that. I saw the, I saw the brain just <laughs> fart. Yeah. It's been a while, man, since we had just like... Yeah. You and me and a whole lot of podcasts in front of us. And I was so, so distracted. If I'm being honest, I was super distracted by our friend Roy. Um, he's one of the more famous parts of the Twist My Arm Network. He was in the live chat and he was saying that he missed my face and it really Aww. flustered me. So thank you, Roy. I appreciate that. You know that flattery will get you everywhere here at Sudden But Inevitable. <laughs> Josh, as I was saying, you're not only the head of the Twist My Arm Podcast Network, but you're also the host of Quest Me. What What is Quest Me? Oh, Quest Me is a Star Wars podcast that takes you through all of the live action series of Star Wars. Um, and so obviously we're talking about Kenobi this season. We just had Cameron on from Green Shirt Podcast and also Open Pike Night Podcast. Um, and that episode dropped today. So yeah, check it out. Search Quest Me on like Spotify and all that stuff and uh, you can listen to us. We're also on Twitter at QuestMeTMA. <laughs> if you are listening in podcast land, pause this episode, go look up Quest Me, download all the episodes, listen to those, and then come back. Okay. <laughs> You don't have to do that, actually. We don't have to, but we highly recommend it. Now, now that you're back, we're going to introduce the last member of our team, and that, of course, is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, my friend. How are you doing this week? Oof, I've been waiting backstage for a while. I thought maybe you'd forgotten about me. <laughs> we could never. Did. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. No. But I, uh, I, I'm doing... No. I'm doing very good. Uh, Netflix recently did their Netflix is a joke, big uh, like stand-up comedy festival, and they're starting to slowly release a whole bunch of new stand-up onto Netflix. Uh, so far, it's been really good. Now, do you not have a fear that uh, whichever thing you like best on Netflix will suddenly be pulled out from under you or canceled suddenly? <laughs> uh, it's something I've gotten used to, I guess. It's a familiar yeah. feeling. Yeah, I, I just... I'll be honest, I haven't watched like the second season of The Witcher. I haven't watched anything new, I don't think, on Netflix since Cowboy Bebop was canceled. I'm being 100% honest. I think everything I've seen on Netflix since then is something I have already seen on I think Netflix. It's, I think it's everywhere, too, because Hulu does it, HBO does it. It's just like well, the, the curse of streaming services. They're like, oh, you like something? <laughs> yeah, on the one hand, we're getting tons of amazing content. On the other hand, it's not being handled uh very gracefully well and there's some amount of like 
how much of it can I watch in a given week, right? And and like how much of it do I have to keep up with before they go, sure, here's another season of that. Now, to HBO's credit with Raised by Wolves, which is what I assume you're talking about, Ricky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they at least gave it two seasons, right? Like the first season was very, oh, and so they at least let us start up the second season, which I appreciate. That's like what Hulu did with Castle Rock. I really liked the first season of Castle Rock, and then what the second that? season was Never mind. meh, but, but they canceled it. But we're not here to talk about those shows no, or the other canceled shows that we have watched here at Sudden But Inevitable, such as Firefly or Cowboy Bebop or the other Cowboy Bebop <laughs> or, you know, the once a year episode where we watch a little bit of Freaks and Geeks with Ricky D for his birthday I really like that episode. I'm looking yeah. forward to next year for Ricky's birthday, getting into episode two. Coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Keep we that have countdown a, a counter, rolling, people. Oh, I, yeah. should, I should make a, a counter for on the website that just has a, a day counter for that. I'm going to do it <laughs> just for you, Ricky. Ricky D, Excellent. do me a favor. Uh, DM Josh your birthday real quick. And Josh, go look up how many days until that and then announce it out loud. And I'll put like some effects on it or something. So... Before we move into our coverage of this week's episodes of Death Note, which of course are episode 15 and 16, I just have to say hello to everyone in live chat. That includes somebody named Ricky Daldorf. Here we go, Bowie's with a Z. Hello to Callie D. She says good morning. And of course, the aforementioned intrepid DM Roy. Thank you for being here with us in the live chat. Ladies, gentlemen, and themperers listening out there in podcast land, if you would like to join the live chat, you can do so by going to youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Josh, what do you got for me? 302 days. Ooh. That's not that many days. Uh, no, really quick, that hello to Brittany in the live chat. Yes, uh, Brittany, if you would like to be here for the next time we talk about Freaks and Geeks, it's only 302 days away. And that's Ricky's next birthday. Days. Yeah, so not that long of a wait, but... Let's go ahead and jump into our coverage here of Death Note episode 15. So, Josh, at the end of the last episode, we had real quick Rem. Go ahead, Ricky. Real quick, 43 weeks. Just <laughs> 43.1428 weeks. Okay. How many Just so months? We're, you know, how how many months is that, Ricky? That's about nine and a half. Okay. All right. So, if you uh, start working on having a child tonight, then there is a chance that that baby will be born on the same day that we start covering Freaks and Geeks again. I'm not making any guarantees. That's not how biology works. I am just saying well, it's an option. So, look at the grin on Ricky D's face. He's like, I want some Freaks and Geeks babies in the chat next year. Okay, so... Moving into our coverage of Death Note episode 15, gentlemen. Josh, at the end of our last episode, Rem basically went, look, man, I can kill whoever you need. What's going on? Just point them out, okay? And he goes, uh, really? Like, you'll just kill <laughs> L? And she's like, sure, why? And this episode picks up right where that left off. So I'm going to ask you, Josh, how are you, what is your immediate reaction to episode 15? Like going into this, how, like, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, the, just the first scene alone. So look, I know that for the last, however many episodes we've been doing this, seven podcast episodes, 14 Death Note episodes, um, I have been on the fence, flip-flopping back and forth between, I don't know, I kind of like light and I don't know, 
Life's kind of a dick. Well, okay. So the first five minutes of this, I am, I'm fully. I'm. I'm not gonna flip back. I'm done with light. I'm sick of his shit. So, I'm done with him. I'm done. And whatever happens to him, I'm okay with. And that like, he's just such a manipulative prick. You know what I mean? He just yes. Uh, I do. I mean, that's sort of uh, the best part of one of the points of the series. I would say that that is a feature and yeah. not a bug. Yeah, he started. He started noble with his, you know, quest to get rid of all the villains in the world and all the criminals. It was a noble thought, but it you, you go. I I I went back and forth with it. Like, okay, this is okay. It's not okay now. He is he's gone full blown villain and I am over him. <laughs> My very first note for this episode is Light has major abusive husband vibes. Yeah. Just he's just very controlling, very unflinching. Yeah. For okay. real. I have to stop you there, Ricky D, and say he actually uses a kiss to knock Misa into compliance physically without mm. hitting her. Uh, which he has <laughs> sort of, you know, intoned that he wanted to do at least once or twice up to now, where he's like, "Well, I could just attack this woman who thinks I'm L," and then he had him Earth who thinks I'm Kira, and then he had this moment where he was like, "This is the first time I've ever felt like I should hit a woman," and then you know, in this moment, it kind of looks like he's gonna hit her, and but no, he kisses her instead, and I I think it's it's more effective, right, because he knows why she is there for for kira and it's you know yeah. uh i do really like that he is so casual with like is it still okay to kill him today or, sh or should i <laughs> wait um she's like okay so let's go kill him he's like oh, well hold on um should we, we do this it now through. Should we, wait, we should kill we should i mean yes let's definitely kill him but let's wait a second and it turns out to be a good thing that he does but i will i will say this this thing here where misa shows up out of nowhere right this is a moment where i one of the one of the moments in the show where i personally was like i have no idea where this is going like i don't i have the next thing is not something i can predict so i'm going to ask you ricky d when misa showed up and you realize sort of as light realizes Oh, she can just see his name now. Like, what was going through your head? I, first thing, when Misa showed up, when Light and L were together, I was just like, oh, he's trying to keep everything discreet. He's trying to uh, just keep everything under the rug. And she just blew it up. Uh, as far as the not being, or as far as finding out his real name, man, I had trouble with at the beginning of this episode. I was couldn't figure out who... Uh, Ryuga and Ryuzaki were so that was throwing me for a big spin uh, but I really liked the shot when uh, Misa was looking through her Shinigami eyes and we got the uh, the name blocked from our vision like if we were looking through Light's eyes and it got blocked I thought it was a lot of really cool very uh, artistic way to do some of that stuff because Light desperately wants that name and so do we like do we want L dead? No, but we do want this to progress. We do want exciting things to happen. 
So uh, I really liked how they treated this entire thing. And we've heard like three fake names for him at least by now. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying that was just that was a home run ball with with L. He was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to swing for the fences here and show up out of nowhere. So Light has two people show up out of nowhere that are like against each other, basically. And it, it just causes so much havoc. But the scene right before that, when when uh, L is talking to the other people in the police force and he just like nonchalantly, he's like, hey, uh, if I die, it's your son, bro. Just to let you know. <laughs> No question, no percentages. Uh, this is like a conclusion that I have already arrived at. So yeah. you are welcome to do with this information as you will, but that's where we're at. But, but that's what's um, going on, so. Now, he does say, and and that's a good point, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, but he does have this, mo- so when they do meet him, and Misa is like, oh, hi, and you can see on her face that she can see his name, right? We still hear Light's internal monologue go, I discovered your name, and I'm so glad that it was me who did it because it's going <laughs> to feel so extra good. And it's like, you didn't do it. She did it. She literally just did it. Like, you noticed that she was doing it. That doesn't count as you doing it just because you know her. <laughs> like, right. That I got, was I got super like, narcissistic. I got extreme Vader vibes from that. I have you now. But he never did have him, did he? He did well. I couldn't. I I know you can't help yourself. I also noticed you said quest earlier. I'm gonna let that go. But slide it on in. We find out that Rem is basically as dedicated to Misa as Misa is to Kira or Light, depending on however you know they all feel in the moment. Um, I I think Rem is one of my favorite characters personally. Um, how do you guys feel about Rem? Let's start with you, Josh. I still, yeah, I, she's definitely one of my favorite characters. Like we were talking about in the last episode, just her demeanor and the way that she talks. Uh, okay, I can do that for you. I I dig it, and this this episode especially is just. Maybe it wasn't this one. Maybe I'm getting this one and the next one confused. No, no, it's this one because she shows like how much she actually cares about um, Misa towards towards the end. Like after we yeah. go through all the motions and get to where we are, like I really did appreciate how much Rem actually valued Misa and cared about her. So she's definitely got she's got some total evil vibes but also at the same time she has really human vibes at at the same time you you know what i mean does does that make sense yeah (laughs) well so she um is a flying skeletal demon and uh but she's like super chill vocally yes so i know what you mean and she has like this like she's so nonchalant about death that it's like that might be kind of what makes her dangerous, right? And like she's a little bit more dangerous than Ryuk, yeah. who's nonchalant in a much more like oh kind of way. She's more she's like she's kind of whatever. like she's like bored of of life of existence. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And it's, what instead of going the Ryuk way and going and being entertained by these crazy humans, she's like, uh, I don't really know. I'm just I'll gonna just... follow a hot lady around yeah. and let her know that I love her and I will protect her. Yeah. 
but she <laughs> she is intimidating in her own right uh is rem right so light goes oh you did the right thing uh way to go rem i appreciate that and rem just immediately puts that claw right in front of his face and she's like i will kill the hell out of you if anything happens to her and you do not go save her right now and he's like oh i did not quite manipulate her as much as i thought i did go ahead callie makes a really good point just says that uh, it just shows Light's level of manipulation since he feels he owns Misa. Her achievements are his achievements. And that would be an example of enmeshment in psychology. And like I've been saying, borderlines and narcissists tend to get very enmeshed. Hmm. Which which one are you, Ricky D? I'm just depressed. I'm <laughs> <laughs> It's nothing exciting. It's just regular depression, though. It's not yeah. like movie we're style both, or supernatural just, or anything. We're both just rowing the boat. You take the right side, <laughs> I'll take the left. <laughs> so, if I'm not mistaken, um, Josh, you have recently jumped into the waters of TikTok to keep your boat metaphor going, right? So, is there a way to edit yourself into actually rowing a boat? He's got the green screen behind him right now. TikTok? <laughs> I don't know how TikTok works because I'm older than 30, so I don't know how it works. <laughs> I mean, probably. I don't really do much other than throw like our segments on there. So That's fair. Uh, we've got a comment in the live chat. Rem, she's got her own quirks for sure. I don't think they elevate the yes of the enmeshment of Rem and her human. Yeah, but that's the thing that I love the... It's like, is she some kind of weird, twisted, shinny gum mirror of the relationship between Light and Misa, right? Like, Rem represents... I don't know, almost the noble parts of their relationship that could be pulled out of this, like, wackiness, but it's, like, there's just too much, to Ricky D's point, like, damage from every angle on all of these people for any of that to function. Like, there's something about Rem that feels tragic in a different way than Jealous felt tragic, to me, personally, um, I think is what I'm trying to say. I think, I, w- I would guess that Rem's tragic part of her is the fact that she doesn't want to love and still loves anyway has like this inner battle with herself that like I can't believe this is happening right now like but I'm gonna continue on with it because so she did say that she developed feelings right Rem said I developed feelings for Misa but it was like was it because you had feelings for jealous or was it like you were moved by the story and that's of jealous I in general? Kinda, like, you know, I mean, it's, there's maybe it's a thing that we can't answer. Maybe, there, but. maybe there's something to do with jealous and Misa, like, cause jealous did just kind of turn into dust, you know, he turned into like stars or whatever. So maybe there's something there with, obviously I don't, I don't, I have no idea, but the stars like lining up with Misa or something and, Right. I don't know. I I tend to think it's like an independent devotion where she was like, what could possibly have inspired him to do this? And then she looked at Misa and was like, oh, okay. You know, this is, I could could see where he would be. Yeah, like intrigued because of that. And, you know, now this girl is like 
possibly immortal like we think uh, i agree with nikki she thinks rem is protective oh yeah um, definitely so <laughs> just to that point i will kill you if anything happens <laughs> i would say go that's very protective. save her right now <laughs> and that's yeah. like it's interesting though because it sort of is putting some faith in light right like all right you tricky little wiener go do your thing <laughs> like it you I know don't trust like, you just to let you know, I don't like you, I don't trust yeah. you, but because she does, I guess I'll let it, I'll allow it. You are bad news, Light Yagami, <laughs> but whatever. Like, I love the voice performance in the English dub for this character, I really do. I yeah. love it. Um, I think we should probably start making ads again for Sudden But Inevitable that have these parts. Of All of us doing the yeah. voice. Well, and then because I know we have instances of doing the other Shinigami voices, too. So now kind of an interesting thing here. OK, we still sort of get a heist explanation while seeing it happen. I mean, it's not really a heist, but it is Misa giving up her ownership of the Death Note to be able to claim her innocence like somewhat legitimately right and this whole time l has after their encounter l has her arrested and placed in a place where she can't see anything go ahead ricky okay what evidence do they have to arrest misa bind her blindfold her and lock her up like that so he okay the hair L has right, so L yeah, has okay. physical evidence, but beyond that, the circumstantial evidence of like, oh, you're the only person who has ever said, I'm super dedicated to the person you have a ton of suspicion on. <laughs> like and she just like showed up in his life out of nowhere when people started dying in mysterious even more mysterious ways than they already were dying which was kind of like a high bar to jump over anyway, right? So it's it's like, and I think beyond that, L has very far-reaching jurisdiction to solve this case, I think is a fair thing to say. One of the things I had an issue with this ep these episodes was I felt like they were arresting these people, like L Light and Meese were getting arrested based on lack of evidence that anybody else was doing it, which kind of seems like shisty evidence but also we're living in a world where you can harness a demon with a notebook and have him kill people well i so think maybe to, i can suspend my belief my disbelief a little bit i think to jesse's point of l's jurisdiction he if he thinks someone needs to be arrested then they're going to arrest them because he basically just runs everything so i i think that since he found the hair on the videos that were sent into the news station um, that they match, you know, the hairs of Misa. Like, he just has that that pull to be like, it doesn't matter. I suspect that this person is the second Kira. Bring her in so we can interrogate her. And chain her to the floor <coughs> and put a metal blindfold on her. Yeah, we well, don't know okay. how she's killing people. No, he specifically <laughs> sort of does know how she's killing people, right? Because he used to know that Kira needs a name and a face. True. And then people went to the TV station and just started dying. And he was That's like, a good answer. oh, there is a, there's a new, there's some other kind of aspect to this. This person does not need a name. They just need a face. 
So if they need a face, I will take away their ability to acquire new faces, right? right. That is an excellent answer. Yeah, so it, thank you. Um, but it's also just what the show did. It's just me remembering what the show did, <laughs> um, which I understand is difficult to do because we're watching two episodes at a time on a week-to-week basis. Josh put in the group chat earlier, he was like, do you have any idea how difficult it is not to watch ahead? And I went, yes, I do. Like, I have watched... <laughs> What those, because when I was watching this for the second time, I was watching with the lovely Mrs. Sutton, who was our guest last week. And I, you, when you're watching something with somebody, you do not watch ahead, right? You watch together. And Netflix, of course, is the ultimate betrayer because it will tell them if you watched ahead. So I think that's probably why Netflix added the option to delete your watch history is so that people wouldn't get in trouble for binging a series that their spouse was too slow to pick up on, right? Like, it's possible that they were like, we need to figure out a way to stop getting people in trouble by watching TV. Like, and we have a newcomer in the chat. Stephen Proctor says, I remember watching this show with you guys back in the day. Welcome to the show, Stephen. But it's true. It's one of those shows that, like, when you watch it, it sticks with you for a long time, right? Like, this is a show, and that's part of why I'm sharing it with you guys, right? Because I'm like, I know that you're not super into anime. I don't think Ricky's super into supernatural sort of things. Um, But I think I can use the, like, detective and film noir aspects of this thing to get him into it. And as we've established, Josh has, like, how do I put this? Josh has a low resistance to most things, so if his ah, resistance yes. is there, it's thin at best, right? That's true. You wear, you wear not a, whoa, there's like an animal creature on That's your screen. <laughs> she like has her own chair next to me because slug. the cat oh, will just hop tail. on my lap. Yes. <sighs> she can, she that can was say hello. terrifying. Hello. I'm going to mute myself because I'm allergic and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's got her own oh, chair. No. So she can hang out because I, you know, I get tired of her jumping on my lap and like trying to maneuver a podcast with her on my lap. So now she just sits next to me and I have a video that I'm posting to TikTok of me editing Quest Me and her sitting right next to me looking at the screen watching me edit the whole time. So she's, she's my podcat. You're a full internet person now, huh? <laughs> like putting cat videos on tiktok <laughs> like i don't think you even my podcast here's a cat, cat like your cat videos yeah. are the secret weapon to any no, sort t- of tiktok page <laughs> i have been to the internet i i know that <laughs> but like i just am, i think it's great that you're like i'm gonna make a tiktok about cats and podcasts like that's beautiful and <laughs> i may have to download tiktok someday but like not to my phone right like <laughs> right right i'll get a just get a burner get like a, or like a tablet or something that I never there use. Maybe yeah. one of your friends just randomly has three different phones that she uses for whatever. Yeah. And, Jesse and, doesn't have any girls that are friends or friends that are girls. We we know this. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not an untrue statement, but <laughs> I also don't know anybody that has spare cell phones anymore. Um, but to Rick, I actually point, do. That's how I watch these episodes is I download them on my extra phone and take it to work with me and do it that way. Why? Because I... Long story. Is it this answer from the chat? <laughs> no. Is it this uh, answer it's from actually, the chat, Josh? I got a burner phone? It is not a burner phone. No, it is a, a, a podcast phone, to be honest with you. I have oh. all the like oh. things that I yeah. do for the podcast mm-hmm. on that phone, so yeah. I can just use As that evidence. and... like. Oh. My soundboards and stuff are on there for whenever I want to bust those out again. 
Um, but I actually got this new fancy little device um, that I can just put. It's like a big pad with a bunch of different squares on it, and I can assign noi- oh, that's, noises. That's to the game each one twist. Of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were close. describing the game Twister. <laughs> close, no, but it's a pad, so it's used used by DJs. Uh, but I will use it for podcast bumpers and sound drops, like a like a drops. producer yes. on a radio show. I can I yes, can exactly. seriously see it now. I'm really excited. So then for I that. then I won't need an extra phone that I don't ever use because it's hard to maneuver on a. But in 2007, having three phones would be like, oh, this person is a certain level of celebrity, right? To Ricky D's point. And and I want to call uh, Stephen Proctor out over here because I was going to wait for Ricky's shot. But now that we're on the, the mention of having three different phones, I brought up a, a song that really, really works for that. And it's and Stephen caught it. Like, That's it. <laughs> if we've been turned off on your YouTube channel, I apologize. It is not my fault. I have little to no control over what Josh does. As I was going to wait. I was going to wait till we got to that actual segment. But since sure you, were you were up, I had I sure had to play. you were. It was on sure deck. It was yeah. on deck. Obviously, I was waiting. <laughs> what you're telling me is you have no self control. You're like, look, none. I can't be expected to control myself. I have none. I have none. This is this is why it's hard for me to get gifts for people. I am because I go, child. hey, I got you a birthday <laughs> present, and then here you go. <laughs> yeah, like this is sick. I'm keeping this. <laughs> All right. So, back in 2007, having three cell phones would be a big deal. What did you think about this moment here, where? It sort of feels like Light is definitely caught, right? Because he goes to call Misa and L via virtue of having um, maybe uh, assaulted her a little bit, has Misa's phone in his pocket when it goes off. Ricky, what did you think of this scene? Uh, pretty funny. I thought it was funny when Light, or no, L actually, when he pickpocketed the phone, Misa was like, oh! And she kind of did that, like, I've just been frisked. Kind of thing. <laughs> I've been violated. And then we turn around and it's the head of the FBI. <laughs> and he's pickpocketing her phone from her. And then he just answers it casually when Light calls. He's like, Yeah, what's up? Who the what? Why do you have this phone? Oh, uh it was just sitting here. Whose phone is this? This is a murderer's phone. Why are you calling a murderer? <laughs> I had like a like it was like that epiphany moment where I was like, "Oh, he knows. He's got the phone. He absolutely knows what's going on." And he kind of had the foresight to think that L was going to call her right afterwards or soon after they had met or something like that. Like he had some sort of intuition. Obviously, he had his suspicions that she was the second Kira, but so much so that like I was just thinking, "Oh, he knows everything now. He knows all of it." And it's going to be over. really hard. It's going to be really hard for Light to get out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I is what like the ninth time we've felt that this episode or this uh, series up till now, right? Like every time there's a turn, there's a counter turn, and then there's somebody figuring out the next thing that they can do. Um, but I will ask you, gentlemen, at this juncture, you gentlemen on the screen with me, is there anything from episode fifteen? that you feel I have just jumped past. Uh, episode 15 is called Wager, by the way, just for those of you listening along. 
If there's anything from this episode that you feel I've jumped past that you would like to discuss, go ahead and bring it up now. Ricky, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've gotten enough time talking about Light's sister. She is such a great, annoying little sister. I love it. Uh, I've been kind of lamenting the female characters of this show. Uh, we first had that uh, Ray Pember's girlfriend, and she was really cool, but then she just disappeared two episodes later. Misa, I'm kind of, I'm on the fence. She's a very deviant character. She isn't the deepest character. And I finally, I realized the female character that I want in this show is Light's little sister. Just the way she's always berating him. She's like behind his back, like, it's Misa, Misa. Oh, no. And like, she's just, she's such a great, annoying little sister being up in his business. Uh, I think she's going to be the one that finally finds out or gets the evidence to put Light into prison. I just thought of that. That's my prediction. Or she's going to write Light's name into it. Be like, I wonder what yes. this does. I, she's going <laughs> to get involved with that death note somehow. Uh, Sayu Yagami is, uh, she's going to ask for an autograph at some point and just happen to pick up the wrong piece of paper and hand it to the wrong person, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Phil points out Sayu is great. Welcome to the chat, Phil. It's a pleasure to have you what as always. Phil? Thank you for being here. Phil is, of course, uh, one of our most uh, well-versed anime fans and one of our best guests ever. Please go check out any episode featuring the great Philip K., He's been on each show now as well. He's been on Marvel Cannon Madness, right. Quest Me, Sudden But Inevitable. That's uh, quite the achievement. So he, and needs to, he needs to get on uh, Intrepid DM Journeys. He does. He needs to go play, play a and d game with Roy. Oh, don't. He will get very involved in that. Has See? Phil actually been on an episode of Best Flicks? No. no. What? Oh, what a You're shame. You're the one that brought him onto oh, the network. How dare me? <laughs> I, I'm i glad that you are Whoa. ashamed of yourself. So, that, oh, I'm very ashamed. That makes I, me feel Eternal great. apologies. This is Phil. suddenly one of my favorite episodes, perhaps inevitably. Um, hmm, perhaps. Josh, I will ask you the same question that I asked Ricky. Is there anything from episode 15, Wager, that you feel we simply must discuss that I have blown right past? Nah. I got I got nothing on that. All the good stuff happens in the next episode, I feel like. All the really, really juicy things. The last thing in that case that I will bring up from this episode is I really like that L recognizes that Misa is about to bite her tongue in an attempt to commit suicide. And he goes, uh, hey, don't let her bite her tongue. And Watari like wraps that uh, cloth around her face really quickly. And that seems to save her life. We do also have this moment here where Rem touches Misa's hair and Elle is paying so much attention for a moment. He's like, did I just see that? Is that, was there, should I watch that again? Like, we know he saw that, right? That's all there is to it. So going into episode 16, this is where things start to get, I don't know if wacky is the word or like unravelly is, yeah, like <laughs> unpredictable in a way, sort of. Uh, what did you think about the start of this episode, Josh, where they're in the, the forest? Interrogation. Oh, oh, where they're burying the Death Note. Yeah. Um, very interesting. It, it's very, I, I don't even know like where, where to go with it because you don't, 
really have any any idea what even happens with it after this episode. It just it's it's a it's another moment for Rem to be like you better you better save her or else. And it's another moment for Ryuk to just kind of giggle about things. <laughs> and and then it is this a scene where where Light actually tells him about relinquishing the death note where he yeah, says he if I say his... these following yeah. words no matter what mm-hmm. context. Yeah. So again it's it's just very interesting that everyone is starting to relinquish their death note. And once you do that you forget all memory. So my thoughts is from from the start of the show to the end of the show even with him relinquishing it right now I think he's got to have some sort of fail safe somewhere around his room. Maybe he told his little sister to remind him about his secret book in his whatever when he gets home. Like, it's possible that he's already gotten her involved somehow. Um, but he's got to have some sort of failsafe to once he gets out of his once he gets out of his case by pleading insanity, he's going to be able to get back out and get right back into the the uh, Kira game. I really liked his uh, his. Uh, you know, not to jump all the way to the end, but the moment where he's like, oh, it couldn't possibly be me because this. Elle is just like, come on. Like, whatever. Is he really going to do that? Just full on whatever. Go ahead, Ricky. That, so by relinquishing the death note, they no longer have any memories of what they did with it. Correct. That, okay. But that doesn't make them innocent. So I'm, I'm uh, kind of like all over the board with what I believe is good evidence and bad evidence and that kind of thing. I mean, if they can still prove that Misa or light is Kira memory has nothing to do with anything. I mean, it, he can protect himself from confessing. He can, you know, protect himself against lie detectors, but he still did everything. But to basically further that L even mentions out loud there's not enough evidence to prove that light is kira like he's basically again this is another shot in the dark he's he's going for the home run here just hoping that either light or misa is going to give up either themselves or kira or one or the other because he knows that there's no real solid evidence well and he he has this in my head, I'm like, there There must be a version of this where it still goes to, like, trial and a jury has to be convinced or something. Because if Light is going, I don't remember any of that. What are you talking Like, how could I be him if I don't remember any of it? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Then enough of a jury might go, because he was like, uh, L said, he's like, this doesn't feel like an act and this is sort of the second time that l has had a moment like that with him i think the first time was when his when uh chief yagami had a heart attack Mm. and light was like oh no my dad and he was like oh he really does love his dad but (laughs) in this episode he does also tell chief yagami like i believe that if things went south you would uh, kill your son and then yourself so uh if you want to go be confined i think that wouldn't be a bad idea also but you're right you probably shouldn't work here right now like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of uh, a super intense series of developments all back to back, right? Like this episode really, I feel like it's really just ramping up the tension. Um, Ricky, since I sort of jumped to the end there, uh, what what was your favorite part of episode 16? I, I really liked the end where Light's just kind of talking to himself. I, 
I guess I'm also going to jump right to the end uh, where Light's talking to himself and I've got this stupid pride. I should just get rid of it. And then Ryuk just strolls out of the jail cell and goes to the forest and that's where the episode ends. So I'm very, it's, it's exciting to see that seems like another end point. This should be the finite, the finality, but it's obviously not. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Well, my favorite subtle detail of that moment personally is that Ryuk is clearly in the middle of Apple withdrawals right? <laughs> yes. because he's all twisted up and he's doing handstands and he's like, can't move. And then, Light says the code word and he's like, does like the cool like Beetlejuice-esque unfolding of his body, (laughs) right? And then he's like, all right, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, is he, he went directly to the Apple stand, right? Like, (laughs) we have to assume that's where Ryuk went. Yeah, I mean, where do they go once the Death Note is relinquished? Do they are they free now? They don't have to follow a human anymore, or did he just latch on to the first human that he saw? I I would imagine that's part of next week's episode of Death Note, Josh. Oh yeah, but <laughs> see again, God, I just yeah. it's so hard to not watch the next episode. I I watched both of these episodes twice. And after the, the the 16, after this one, each time I was like, mm, I just want to watch just just one more. Just give me a little taste. Just give me, and, But you know what? For you, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about you, the listening audience. He would not do that for me. So I appreciate that on behalf of the show, I mean, Josh. Thank it's, you. It's, it's both. It's, it's some you, some audience. I would say 50-50 for sure. Well, then we all appreciate that, Josh. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Uh, Ricky D does not seem to appreciate that, but I, Ricky D's like know, I've already I'm finished the series like twice. So I don't know what you're bitching about. <laughs> He's much better at pretending. <laughs> so I didn't take a ton of specific notes from episode sixteen because it is just basically two people in solitary confinement for most of the episode. Sorry, three people in solitary confinement for most of the episode here. Um, but one well, thing that I did really like is that when when light goes to L and he goes, Hey dude, maybe I'm Kira. It's sort of the same thing that light did. Sorry. That L did to light when he just showed up and he was like, Hey, um, I'm L by the way. And he's like, wow. Why would he do this? (laughs) The, the same sort of thing happens, but it happens to L he's like, okay. So you're clearly, it's definitely you. Um, but why are you, are you trying to establish an alibi of some kind or like, oh, it's an insanity defense. Like I see what, I mean, it sort of boils down to an insanity defense right now, uh, to Callie D's point from the live chat, I don't know anything about the law system in Japan. Do they have jurors? Because here we don't, um, it's arguable that at this point, Kira would be an international criminal, so they could probably try him in some sort of, you know larger court uh, but I don't know I, I think the the way that L was talking about oh I sort of believe this is what led me down the path of oh they might have trouble convincing a jury of this but uh, to your point I don't actually know if they have juries there if I could jump on that I'm asking all of these questions about evidence and all this but it's important to remember that the justice system isn't perfect there are flaws so you know I'm poking a lot of holes and I'm asking a lot of questions but Honestly, there's 
plenty of flaws in the justice system, so it's not going to work out perfectly. It's not going to get a bow on it. Well, I think that's kind of one of the themes of the show, right? Like, yeah, that's that's light going. People fall through the cracks of the system all the time, and people know that these people have done bad things, and these people are not being punished for it. They're getting away with it for whatever reason, or you know, sometimes it's always the same reason. But like, he is having, he he is trying to fix a broken system. He is going about it in a sociopathic, murderous sort of way. But he, that is one of the themes. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Now, to that point. As soon as he goes into, and this is sort of ties back to what Phil is saying in our chat, which is I love seeing how far ahead Light manages to plan throughout this series. So Light goes into solitary confinement. Criminals stop dying. And we're like, why is he doing this? Why is he making it look like he's Kira? And of course, it's for a good reason, right? Because Elle would expect the opposite to happen. And that would be too easy of an answer. And Light knows that. And I think that goes really well to what Phil is saying here. This is how far ahead Light is planning throughout this whole series. He's like, I will, if I do this thing, L will react this way, so I must do this. And L spends a good portion of the series doing the same thing, like back and forth with him. And that's kind of like, I mean, I think that's the meat and potatoes of the series, right? So they're both planning so many steps ahead of me, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like the first <laughs> time I saw this, I was like, I don't, I've, I don't got nothing. Like I don't know where this is going. Especially after this episode, when both of the Shinigami are like, "See you guys later." Um, no more death notes for you. So, I, I, I'm glad that you guys have stuck with it up to this point. I know Ricky has had a, a couple of weeks where he was like, I don't, I don't know how, like, how long could this go, right? And I feel like this is one of those episodes that's like. Oh, just you wait. Like, it will just yeah. go. There's all kinds of stuff that will keep going. Like, um, So, uh, Josh, is there anything from episode 16 that you feel I've blown past? Because I know that I do it. Go ahead. I just, talking back on not being able to watch ahead two episodes, like, I could only imagine having to deal with this in 06, 07, when you're waiting every Saturday, sometimes every couple Saturdays for a new episode for 37 weeks. Well, <laughs> like what a what a long series. The like that's crazy. Yeah. I really like that there is a I, I don't know, it's like there's a sense of <laughs> length that just keeps getting compressed and stretched out. Like I don't yeah. know what it is. It's like Okay, some rubber like, bandy stuff going on. Yeah, we keep, we're like, oh, we're running up against the end of it. Oh, no, everything's going nuts again. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, everything's going crazy. Like, I just. When's that rubber there, band going to break, though? That's what I'm Right. Wondering. And it's like, there's so many directions that things could be going. And, like, I just, I really, I really love this episode because I feel like this is the one where I went, I'm out of, like, predictions. I, I, I thought I had an idea how it might all end or where this piece of it would go but now i'm just like sort of super confused um phil throws out the wait between episodes was agonizing here's another kind of cool detail okay so the dates in the show line up when with when it first aired i mean basically right so like they're talking about january 2007 and like december 2006 and like all this time is passing while uh, light is doing his thing right and that was that would be when it was airing. So it's like That's interesting. That yeah, is cool. It, it it would be like if we were watching a show now that was like it's you know June of 2022, and here's how well, things start. I, I feel like I, 
our friend Kelly in the chat says, you should ask the One Piece fans, Josh. They've been suffering for decades. Josh, just Google how many episodes of One Piece there are. Just Google that and then drop that. <laughs> I'm going 40. 423. Over or under. Over I don't even under. know what One Piece is. So it's a so this is... lame pirate anime. This, if you stop listening to the show again, I apologize. This is not a. This is why we put the disclaimer at the end of everybody's comments are their own. Go ahead, go ahead, Josh. Josh just saw the picture. I did. Uh, One thousand fourteen. Ooh. Yeah. No thanks. Get out of here. So under pirates. Under. With four hundred and twenty-three. Far, far more than that. <laughs> he says <laughs> goodbye ricky wow first so, you denied him on best flicks and now you made fun of his lame pirate show you're done i'm you guys a bad aren't friend friends anymore <laughs> goodbye ricky that's it's tragic um but you know sometimes you have to you have to Although, break ties with people when they when they disappoint you go ahead josh the the, the more of these animes i watch the more i might get into watching a series with a thousand episodes it'll keep me busy for a while i was gonna say i feel like a thousand episode series is kind of like a thing that you'd be like okay watch (laughs) challenge accepted yeah like uh phil if you're still there in the chat um thank you i don't know why uh but do you think we could get josh to watch bleach that might be fun um for a podcast go ahead ricky d <laughs> uh i haven't thought of bleach in a long time but phil is hardcore on <laughs> his the name i remember that from freshman year in a long time in an age <laughs> <laughs> i remember seeing bleach right. on like the adult swim commercials and stuff and being like eh, okay that looks kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna say if somebody in the live chat can come up with a great name for a bleach themed podcast with josh oh, and Jesus. phil i would would listen to it, I promise. <laughs> now, gentlemen, before we get to our weekly segments here at Sudden But Inevitable, I will ask you once again, is there anything from episode 16 that you feel we must discuss before we move on, Josh? Let's go with you, and then we'll go with Ricky. I don't. I mean, it was interesting. I guess it was interesting with uh, Light's dad getting his solitary confinement um, and how he got kind of some special treatment there. L was like, well, we're going to, I figured you wanted to put yourself in solitary confinement, so we're going to do that, but we're also going to give you your phone so you can keep in contact with everyone, and also make sure that if L calls you, you don't tell him what's going on. So, it was kind of cool for him to get get that, I guess, but I understand that Dad's going to kill someone eventually, whether it's L or Light, <laughs> he is absolutely going to strangle someone at some point. And then himself. Um, I honestly, the first time I saw it, I thought he was going to kill the guy at the TV station just to like prove to everybody that he needed the tapes. Like, no, seriously, give me the tapes, but not like, you know, because he was a bad guy or anything. Um, our friend Brittany in the chat brings up not an important detail at all, but I couldn't get past what L was eating the prosciutto and melon. Has anyone ever tried that? That was exactly what I wanted to bring up is uh, what is. It's certainly not important. It's okay for us to go past it. Uh, I, th- but- I th- thought it was like a seafood or something. I didn't realize it was prosciutto and melon. That actually sounds kind of delicious. It was definitely cantaloupe. My thought was it was raw fish, but it definitely could be prosciutto. It looked like some kind of very pinkish meat, so I thought it was a weird sushi thing. That's what I thought, too. I was like, well, that's some 
some sushi or something and whatever. But this is actually the reason that I put the disclaimer at the end of everybody's comments of their own. Um, but I, if, for those of you that don't know what prosciutto is, like me, uh, Josh, what is what is prosciutto? It's like a, a meat, a very thin meat. Um, it's what Tony Soprano eats. Yeah, it's, it's a gabagool. It's it's really good. I mean. I don't really know exactly what it's made out of, but I ate a lot of it when I worked for Whole Foods. We had a whole cheese stand that I would go oh, eat okay. prosciutto with different cheeses and stuff, and it was it's a it's some fine fine dining, that's for sure. I would Italian uh, cured ham, thank you. I would eat the heck out of some cheese, I tell you what. And yes, our friend Philip K, as he does all the time, has the answer of anything that requires a, a person to have some amount of culture or be slightly less than 100% stupid American. Uh, that's why we keep Phil around. He makes the rest of us look better uh, by and association love, uh, because we know him. I, I love me some some bacon and stuff. So so that makes sense that I would like it. It's like a it's like a yeah. Cold I'm, bacon I'm okay with bacon. Of. Bacon's pretty good. It's. It's not bacon. Um, Philip, I apologize, and I invite you to come back anytime that these two are not here. Uh, now, our friend Brittany says it is a uh, Mediterranean dish, the prosciutto-wrapped melon, so that is uh, probably just another nod to L being quite the traveled person, right? Like, he's a worldly soul. He has been all over the globe in his years. Um, does, does cured dryly mean Italian cured? Is that do the Italians cure their stuff dryly? Is that what that means? Like very sarcastically when you no. can't tell them to laugh. <laughs> like, which part of this process do we laugh in? Um, I think that is probably how they do it. Um, that makes good sense to me. Uh, is there anything from episode? I'm actually really glad that we went down the prosciutto melon uh, highway. Have you ever had prosciutto, Jesse? Uh, I I have I was attempting okay. to be uh, relatable to for the for the listening audience, um, but yes, there is a really really good pizza place here that will put prosciutto on a pizza with uh, big dollops of cream cheese and. Um, so there is oh there is no smoke or sear to the meat perhaps heat heat heat, heat. heat. auto it's got to be a typo. <laughs> this show is live, in case you can't tell. <laughs> Gentlemen, is there anything else that you feel, food-related or otherwise, that we must discuss from episode 15 or 16 of Death Note, Wager and Decision, before we move into our weekly segments? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so, no. <laughs> Ricky D? I'm good. All right. The last thing that I will say is that I think it was really cool how um at the end of this second episode one of the task force members runs in and goes hey guess what great news people started dying just in waves <laughs> and the chief is like oh excellent wait uh everyone's happy. that's bad yeah. <laughs> yes i feel bad but okay <laughs> uh just a nice little sort of you know psychological twist for these characters that are just very you know, ready for justice at this point and have been searching for this killer for so long. So really quickly before we get into our weekly segments, I'd like to take a moment to say hello to our friends from the Science Fiction Remnant podcast. Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us 
And let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. All right, Josh, do what you do and go ahead and give me the first bumper for our first segment, which of course is Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know if you've been here before and you don't if you haven't, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's pair of episodes of Death Note. I'm going to invite my friend Ricky D to go first, and then we'll go Josh and I'll go last. Yeah, I just really liked this one. Uh, It's L up there. He's got his classic blue tinge to him uh, that's always kind of following around. And then he's also surrounded by these red lights and i thought it was just a really well composed picture uh it just it shows that he's looking out at the entire horizon he's looking for lights he's it just it, this shot speaks a lot about the episode it's got him isolated and he's got yeah. um contrasting visuals kept very close to him yeah, it, much in the way that he keeps his enemies as close as he possibly can. Light is his number one suspect, so he's got these red lights. We always see light uh, lit in red light. <laughs> this sentence is very difficult to not make sound stupid. Uh, let's see. Uh, red is a color frequently associated with light, and uh, to have it so close in proximity to L here, I think, is clearly symbolic as well as the isolation, being up on the tower, etc. Excellent pick, Ricky D. Josh, give us your first pick from this week's first episode for Shot of the Show. So mine is the scene where uh, Light's trying to call <laughs> his girlfriend, and I'll just pull... It, it, he just seems like he's pulling the phone out of his pocket as if to say, look what I got. <laughs> Check it out. And then, you know, answers it all slowly, and when he answers it, he you can clearly see, like, the whatever uh toy that's hanging off of the phone and he's like oh this isn't mine whoops (laughs) gotcha like this was the this was the moment where i was like oh my god he knows what's going on he knows exactly what's happening you thought i was just touching your girlfriend's butt surreptitiously turns out i was stealing her phone and that makes it all right right which he had already played off as like, oh, 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 I'm a pervert. Isn't that funny? And everybody was like, yeah, that is funny. Like, okay. Right. Uh, but because he isn't, I think it only works in the world of the show, right? Because he's not light, who is like this golden human who looks beautiful and, you know, looks traditionally how he's supposed to look. He's talking about how looks are what matter and that's why I'm popular, you know. So... Uh, excellent, excellent contrast. Um, L's jeans do not fit. We have, no, no they don't. As 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 a podcast that started as a Firefly podcast, we should probably comment on the tightness of characters' pants more frequently. Probably, but I will say, if you go back and you listen to our Cowboy Bebop coverage, there is some tight pants discussion, and there is more Firefly coverage coming up in the future. So. Tight pants may be on the menu again. Looks like tight pants are back on the menu, boys. Uh, but you know, in that in that voice, um, Josh, I got a pair of tight pants in my pick. closet. I could throw on. That's for sure. <laughs> I assumed you only owned tight pants. Please give me my first pick for shot of the show this week. Okay, so this is right after Light 
kisses Misa to get her to shut up, let's be honest. And it sort of is a similar composition to um, the shot that we referred to an episode or two back as, what's up, Mrs. Yagami? (laughs) Um, Where Light's mom walks in and there's a bunch of demons in the room, but she can't see them, right? But you can't tell that from a still shot. So this is like, to me, this this has so many different layers to it right okay so we have light in the white shirt white is death right okay you've got rem standing behind misa like a guardian angel you've got ryuk out of frame because he doesn't really care (laughs) he's like okay this is entertaining i'm watching it but when he does this it just knocks misa like for a loop and she goes okay whatever you need and you see that moment in her eye and it's just i really like this shot because it if this were, you know, a, a shot you were composing with actors, you would have to fit four people in the frame and it would be, it's just very well composed. You actually get a sense of depth here despite it being an animated thing. Um, Josh, I believe that yeah. makes it Ricky D's second turn for shot of the show. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, this is just the end of the episode where Light and Ryuk are sitting together in the cell. Uh, Light is about to tell Ryuk to go get... The Death Note, I just thought, uh, you know, everybody was in prison this entire episode. So I chose this shot just as a kind of all of these characters are still trying to control this from prison. And I think that's very interesting part of this part of this show. How do you know I'm not trying to control this podcast from prison? Hmm? I legitimately thought you were going to say everyone is in sort of their own prison in life. Oh, and I was oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Why that's are what, we doing this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is he like, what's happening? Um, now, really quickly, I will point out the last shot had light in a white shirt. And here, when he mm. is believing himself to be legitimately innocent, he is wearing a black shirt. So just another layer of the, of the metaphorical use of Good the color yes. palettes. Yes. Uh, Josh, if you don't mind, bring up your second pick for a shot of the show. Mine is fairly close to the... <laughs> you know, it's just, it's always the Ryuk stuff. It's... Yep. He's going through his Apple withdrawals right now, and he's just standing on his head doing the pose. This is right after um, Light says, get rid of it. And this is like his shock where he's like, what? Uh, oh, God. Okay. I guess I'll whew, get my shit together and uh, let's let's travel and get rid of this this book here. So I don't know. It, this this was probably one of the only shots that actually made me giggle through this episode. And that's why. It's actually it. a really important lore shot, Josh, because up to this point, we don't know if the handstands thing is actually a symptom of apple withdrawal or just his way to be like, I'll do really weird stuff if you don't give me apples. <laughs> but I think this indicates that's actually just a symptom because it's been what, like weeks that he's here. So like, maybe that's actually true. And now that he heard that he was like, okay, now I'm not tied to the human world. So I, you know, I'm mostly joking, but I thought that that was kind of, kind of cool thing. It's like, it's like when kids do weird things to get what they want. I don't know anything about that, but I would assume you do, right? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen you do a weird thing to get what you want or be a child. Um, Josh sometimes forgets that I met him when he was a child. Uh, but if you don't uh, yeah. mind, Josh, give me my second pick for a shot of the show this week. So this is just to sort of emphasize, like, they really were not messing around, right? They arrested Misa, and they gave her 
what is pretty close to a Hannibal Lecter style, like strapped down to a prison dolly. What is that? Is that like a, it's like some kind of stretcher with handles on it? I don't know, but it's very, go ahead. It looks really uncomfortable is all I was going to (laughs) say. Oh yeah. That harness seems to be sort of holding her up by the torso, if you know what I mean. A bondage Um, gurney. Yeah, bondage gurney. That's the exact term that I was looking for. It is a technical term. Misa and the bondage gurney. Now, the thing about that, right, is that why did they give the, why does the the headband have to be steel? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Maybe she's got x-ray vision and it's actually made of whatever Superman can't see through. What is that, iron or something? So, Josh, you're saying that there was a meeting on the Kita task force where somebody went, what if it's Superman rules? And Elle went, <laughs> that's a good point. We should build her mask out of lead. Like, Yeah, I, and there's there's so, probably I, kryptonite. It, it, the, the straps are made out of kryptonite. And yeah, her, no, her mask at least the buckles. Lead. If yeah, you stop absolutely. listening on this episode, I will fully understand, <laughs> but I beg you to stay with us because we're going to go back to Firefly and and it's going to be a good time. I am I love Death Note, but I understand if you can't handle this. So um I I just thought we should illustrate the level that L is willing to go to to solve this case, right? We've seen him offer somebody up in his position as a sacrifice. We've seen him abduct a 18-year-old celebrity and strap her to a bondage gurney and put her in solitary confinement and talk to her through a computer monitor. So, I mean, he's he's willing to go pretty far to solve this case to that point. So, speaking of people that are willing to go pretty far, Josh, if you wouldn't mind, bring up our next segment, which of course is called Death Quote. Death Quote, of course, is the audio counterpart to Shot of the Show, where we share our favorite moments of dialogue from this week's pair of episodes. Let's keep that rotation going, Josh. So give me Ricky D's first selection for Death Quote this week, and then Ricky D, talk about the talk about. Okay, then what about this? I'll just give you one of my phones. I ended up with three of them, because I use them for different things. I got two All right. phones. One for the... Sorry. <laughs> uh... I chose this one because, one, it's obviously very interesting, especially like Jesse said, in 2007, who has three cell phones? uh, Josh has one of his old defunct cell phones that he just hooks up to Wi-Fi. I've got a work phone, so I technically have two phones. But in 2007, that was really weird. Phones barely had any smart functions. Not only is it weird, but I couldn't figure out what exactly it meant. Uh, I feel like it's supposed to tell us some information. She has three phones for this reason, uh, three of them. I use them for different things. And I think that's supposed to tell me something specific, but I don't know what it is. If this was a different type of show, I'd say you know, she's selling drugs with these different phones or something like that. But I don't know what she, what the different things she's using them for is. So I would go like, okay, one of these is my booking phone that I use to contact agents and you know business people. Uh, one of these is a personal phone that I use to contact my parents or, you know, friends and well, family. I guess, <laughs> sorry, maybe not them specifically in her case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Oops. like, you know, people that she knows. Whoops. Um, and, and, and then the third phone, of course, would just be like, and then this is the phone that I don't let anybody see because it's just for me and whoever's on the other end of it. 
right? Like if you're famous, you need a business phone, you need a personal phone, and you need a you a need secret a... phone, a celebrity phone, a See, bat phone. Right. I feel like right. the bat phone is what she calls these criminals with and goes, "You're gonna die in 30 minutes" or something like that. You know, just a toy with them. That's what oh. I would assume she's got that third phone phone for. Did you just say phone? <laughs> I didn't mean to. All right, give me give me your first pick for death quote this week, Josh. Here. Mr. Yagami, huh? if I die within the next few days, your son is Kira. I really like that scene because he's just so nonchalant about it. He's like, oh, look, a hair. By the way, if I die, just, just so you know, oh, look, another hair cool he should have been eating something at this point too just to make that his like eccentricness even more so because you know he's just casually doing stuff and like it's it's showing how his brain works in a way where he's got so many things going on up there at once that he could just spout something out at any given moment and it doesn't matter how like big those revelations could be that he says it could be him just saying hair, or it could be him claiming and, you know, telling telling Light's dad that Light's the killer, basically. Well, my favorite part of it is that it seems to reflect the similarity that he has to Light, which is I've planned this number of, of steps ahead, right? But it indicates that L has, like, multiple hypothetical contingencies where he's right. like... Okay, if I die in this amount of time, it's him. If he dies in this amount of time, it's Misa. Or, you know, like he probably has some other theories that are like right. related to that, but he needs to use this one to to affect the chief, like you said. And, you know, ostensibly to catch Kira. So right. uh I do I do like that pick. Um but what I like even more No, I don't actually remember Is your uh, pick? if you wouldn't mind sharing my pick for uh Death Quote, please. Misa. <laughs> Oh, wow. Specifically because Ryuk. Like, I he every time something hugely emotional or, like, poignant happens on screen where our character should be, like, feeling an emotion, he's like, <laughs> lame. Or, like, <laughs> gross. <laughs> or whatever, you know. It's, I he's believe like I refer Beavis to him as... Yeah, Shinigami's as peanut gallery Ryuk. But, yeah, I think the Beavis Shinigami is also a, a pretty good way to refer to him. He's He's, like... He's genuinely entertained by this. Like, oh, didn't see that coming. She was like, oh, freaking out. And now she's not. Like, <laughs> he, he's just, he really does enjoy this. And I think you can tell with that selection. Go ahead and give me Ricky D's second pick for Death Quote, Josh. Yeah, I know I must look pretty bad in here, but this useless pride, I suppose I'll have to get rid of it. So I chose this one. Uh, obviously, we know that this is his code word where he sends Ryuk to go and find the uh, death note. Is he going to destroy it? Is that what Ryuk is doing? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Uh, but ultimately, this is, you know, another unfolding of the map, I guess. Because are we going to see Light deal with this without his death note? That's what his all of his powers have come from at this point. So is he losing his death note? Is it temporary? Because we got one of those title cards that say, if you lose, misplace, or your death note is stolen, if you don't get it back in 480 days, 
it's forfeit. So that has to come into play somehow, I think. So if Ricky D is not holding a death note by the next time we watch Freaks and Geeks, <laughs> that me- wait. <laughs> I think I'm confused. episode three. I think I crossed, if, three. Yes, episode three. I think I crossed my streams there for a moment. Uh, yes, uh, and I'm I'm glad that you picked up on that. I'll be honest. I was so the first time I saw this series, I was so like wrapped to the screen that when it would flash those moments of text, I would be like, "Oh, what is this?" Uh, uh, and then I would miss it, right? Because they're pretty quick. Like you have to pause to read them, or you have to be a quicker reader than me, which I'm not saying is impossible. It's probably likely, but I didn't catch ninety percent of the rules that were only shown on that screen. I only picked up on the rules that they talked about in the show. So I'm really glad that you picked up on that because that probably puts you in a better spot to watch the rest of the series than I was. Because I was like, same thing. I was like. Well, he's just a guy now. Like, <laughs> that's not good enough. Um, and they think he's the bad guy. So what? So I think you are ahead of where I was at that moment. Josh, if you don't mind, give me your second pick for Death Quote. <laughs> well, he's in the gray. Did you hear what he just said, Chief? Yeah, it's a hell of a lot better than being completely guilty. Thank God. I'm sure as grays go, he's a shade closer to being cleared. What a hilarious... Just early 2000s quip. Oh, as far as grays go or shades go, uh, it's, it, that made me giggle a little bit with him saying that. But also, I, I like how L is starting to question things again. Where he's like, oh, well, I mean, he's not in the red. He's more in the gray now, I, I guess. I don't really know what's going on. It's kind of showing how little L knows at this at this point. Like he has an idea, but he really has no idea what's going on. He's just going purely on instinct at this point. Well, and he and I think that that's an important note is that he's sort of saying out loud, like I, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. blah, I don't know what to do. Uh, Callie in the live chat offered her death note so that we could read the rules. I. I am curious to know, and I don't think you should put this in the chat because I think it would count as spoilers, but I am curious to know if all the rules that are in the physical death note uh, show up in the show or are made reference to in the show, Mm. but do not put the answer to that in the chat because I feel that would be spoilery. So, um, but I do, I really like that pick, Josh. Um, Give me my second selection for death quote this week, please. Mr. Stalker. This is illegal. You have to stop. Okay, come on, please. So she thinks that a stalker has kidnapped her, and she is calling them a stalker, but she thinks this person doesn't know that that's legal. <laughs> like, or not legal, right? Like, <laughs> hey, you, you can't just kidnap people and strap them to a thing and blindfold them. That's not legal. Like, I'm, I'm sure whoever this is knows that right i think she kind of sympathizes with why somebody would want to tie her up like that she's like no i get it i get it i get it i'm, I'm i, I get it tie, look at me there are people i would tie up if i had access to them because i love them and i don't want them to go anywhere is how she feels right <laughs> she would be like i get it but uh but she i think that it is i mean it is one of the things that they use to illustrate they truly believe themselves to be innocent now right because She's full on, like, completely changed her demeanor, and Elle notices that, and she suddenly has an entirely different narrative of what's happening to her than she has had up to this point. So he's like, 
okay, that's weird. And I think that actually ties directly into Josh's point, which is L after these two episodes is like, it's weird. I, everything's weird. I don't know. Well, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you want? <laughs> I at first so, thought that she was saying Mr. Stalker as in L's name was Stalker. Mr. Stalker. Oh. But I also then realized that she wouldn't know that because she kind of she forgot, forgot everything, blah, blah, blah. But, but just a brief second, name, I was like, huh. If his last name were Stalker, do you think that would make his first initial L for large? <laughs> no? Good one. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be good. It was a real question. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, that's a good call. We'll wait till the end, the season finale, and we'll find out how many of the rules get mentioned out of the ones that are available. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a good idea, let's go ahead and hit the bumper for the rating segment. As you know, I hate math. So I am just going to ask Josh and Ricky to give me one number rating out of 10 for this pair of episodes and then i'm gonna math those numbers together with another number and i will give you a fourth number i know i said i didn't like math and then mentioned four numbers but just stick with me here so ricky d what is your rating for this week's pair of episodes my friend i really like these episodes i'm going 8.5 uh i was a little wasn't really feeling it the last couple episodes but this one really punched it right back into the stratosphere i really like these i like that josh what do you have for this week's pair of episodes i'm going same 8.5 um because it was it's just pushing the story farther and farther along my intrigue is growing more and more with with every episode that keeps happening it's getting harder and harder for me to hit the stop button after the episodes um and this one especially like i think I, I, I could have gone up to a nine for both of them, but I'm keeping it at that 8.5 because I still really think that we have a lot of a lot of better episodes coming down the pipeline. Um, but again, it just really sparked all of the interest for for what's going to happen next. So to that point, after next week's show, we'll be at essentially the halfway, the halfway. point of the season, mm-hmm. which kind of feels wacky to say out loud because this whole season i have felt like has been going by really quickly mm-hmm. but at the same time not that quickly there's like, so many episodes it's the tension and the number of episodes and yeah like can you imagine if we had done this show for 37 weeks like we originally <laughs> planned to do like our stress would just be through the roof I'd because be every Callie episode to... would be like i need to watch i have to watch the next episode i'd be one count to write my name in her like, death note just just do it, it would please. Be... <laughs> Just kill me, Mr. Stalker. I can't deal with not seeing the next episode of Death Note and listening to Sudden But Inevitable on my favorite podcast player. I can see it now, Josh. I think that's a realistic thing that would happen to people. So I'm going to give these episodes a three. I'm totally kidding. Oh I actually give these episodes an eight. Um, yeah. No, I, I give them uh, uh, an eight. Uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Josh, about the episodes sort of feeling like they're getting going and you know being on the precipice of the rest of the series and that sort of a thing and it really does feel like this is starting to expand not only our knowledge of what the rules are but like therefore kind of what the possibilities of the outcomes to everything that we have seen up to this point could be right because we're like well here are the rules and then in this episode this pair of episodes it's kind of like 
and here are some new rules and here's some sort of ways around those other rules that you thought were maybe concrete. So putting all of that together gives us an 8.3 out of 10 for this pair of episodes, gentlemen. I think that's one of our higher ratings so far this season, if I'm not mistaken. And you know me, I don't like to be mistaken, even though it happens all the time. Uh, that constitutes a threat. Callie D from the chat, she says, got my pen, Josh, ready? Just say the word. I do not appreciate that, but I <laughs> can understand. We um, still have at least 10 episodes to go, Callie. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now generally here at the end of Sudden But Inevitable, what we do is we talk about some of the other things that we have been up to throughout the weekend, some of the things that we plan to be up to in the upcoming weeks in the podcasting world. Ricky D, let's start with you. I believe last week you had mentioned a social media that is based on branding, and you were telling people that you think you can recommend things better than I can. Is that? Is that what yeah, uh, that was Vouch Vault. I've played around on there a little bit. It's fun. It's a new social media platform. I don't know if it's going to be the next Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. But it's been a lot of fun. I'm still trying to figure out how to you know, make it bigger. Maybe I could involve it with Twitch or I Twitch, uh, TikTok. Maybe I could join Josh in the TikTok world. But it's been fun. Uh, Vouch Vault, it's kind of a cool little thing. And Josh, what have you been up to in the past week? And what do you oh, plan man. to be up to for the next couple of weeks? I am so busy. Um to further Ricky, that if you want to follow us on TikTok, I'm I am posting segment videos from all of our different shows on there, and random cat videos and random theories that I come up with for things. Um, but our name on there is at TMA Network, so follow us on TikTok. Um, we have Quest Me going on every Tuesday at about eight thirty Mountain Time, so about the same time as this, but on Tuesdays, where we talk about Kenobi. We have three episodes to go. Um, this next week we have Jake from Lost Relics Band coming on. Um, he's been a he's been a staple in Quest Me for the last few seasons. He always comes on and talks some Star Wars with us, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. I I have a lot of fun with that. We have the a new segment that I I really enjoy. So definitely check that out and follow us on Twitter at Quest Me TMA. I'm also going to be on Open Pike Night next week um, for episode seven of Strange New Worlds which I am extremely excited for. I just finally caught up on all of that season. I still I need to watch episode six now, but I am caught up with Dude, up to five. So do not watch tonight after this. I don't plan on it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it on a day off when I'm Good. just kinda hanging out because I and with all that Star Trek, man, all the Star Trek, you never know when it's just gonna hit you right in the face with feelings. And that's I'm enjoying that a lot. Um I've I've been trying to what is it Jedi truck sexual is kind of where I'm at now because I just love everything. I, you, it, okay, that just just <laughs> let's clear this up because we it, respect each is other. Is it Jedi trexual? Thank you. <laughs> okay, how much better is that than Jedi trek sexual? <laughs> which is like here's Look, the joke, right? This is that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I it makes it makes sense. I've been trying to figure out the best phrase for it for like a month now, and and Jedi Trexual is is pretty good. Nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nerd is also correct. But yeah. So then, Marvel Canon Madness is in talks right now to be coming back to do some Miss Marvel discussions. I don't know how involved I will be in those just with all the other stuff we got going on um, but I know Roy and Chip 
are trying to plan something out for Miss Marvel. So be on the lookout for that. Follow them at MCM underscore pod on Twitter. And for everything else, twistmyarm.net. Um, you can find all of our old episodes up there. Um, our store is on there to go get T-shirts if you'd like. Um, and, you know, information on all of us on there, really. There's a little backstory on all of us. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. Twistmyarm.net. Check it out. Now, of course, I would be remiss if I did not also mention Open Pike Night, the show that Josh mentioned. That, of course, is my side endeavor with Cameron and John of Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation, where we are week by week watching Star Trek Strange New Worlds and having the audience call in and provide most of the basis for our conversations. It has been a ton of fun. Um, we The show has had such a positive response that we sort of... T- didn't see coming but it is blowing us away in much the same way the response that's too sudden but inevitable has blown us away consistently you know the support that we're seeing um we have just been having a ton of fun over at open pike night so i will ask you please go download and listen to open pike night and if you like to watch star trek go ahead and participate and follow that show on twitter at open pike i am behind that that's where the memes come from uh cameron is usually in charge of putting the memes together and then i put them out with a snarky little caption and then (laughs) attempt to steal the credit and uh then we share it on the show together it's totally fine um but other than that you know, I'm I'm just really excited to get through the rest of Death Note with Ricky and Josh and then get back to Firefly for the 20th anniversary of the show. And there are a couple of ideas that I have for the future of Sun But Inevitable that we have been discussing and that we will continue to discuss. But you guys, we're, we're not at or close to, super close to, but we're kind of closing in on 100 episodes. Like. Ooh. But I, I don't know if you guys know that. Like we're we're pushing it, right? We're we're past the halfway point yeah. to 100 episodes. Um, we're at 60 right now. I believe this makes 61. So uh, we're getting close to uh, 100 episodes of Sudden But Inevitable. I just I wanted to throw that out there because I think it's really cool. I'm so excited to finish Death Note, but I'm even more excited to watch Firefly again because it's it's a, that's a show that I've been wanting to go back and watch again. And I'm mm-hmm. super stoked to kind of go back to our roots and actually discuss what what we started this on and and watch it again because there's so much that I forgot or you know that I I've I've kind of missed out on with things that it's gonna be a, a good a good fun adventure for the second time that's for sure. And we will do our best to find some guests who have never seen the series before, much as we have done throughout the history of Sudden But Inevitable. Really quickly, our friend Brittany put in the chat, FYI, if you live in the United States of America, Target, the store, has Death Note manga, if anyone is interested. Manga? Mm. Is it manga or manga? I'm not 100% on that. Um, I also saw Death Note on Blu-ray, I think, complete series on Blu-ray at Walmart today for like $13, I think. So if you are out there and you don't trust Netflix for whatever reason... (laughs) um, You could go pick the series up physically and own it forever. Just throwing that out there. Great way probably to support those creators. I should probably do that just in case Netflix decides to take Death Note off their their list in the next month. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think it's currently also on Hulu in America, but I'm agreeing with you. Our friend Phil says it's pronounced manga, manga, which I believe. Not manga. I did not say manga. I'm not the kind of person that says mayonnaise, okay? Like, wow, Phil. Way to just come out swinging linguistically. Uh, <laughs> All right, gentlemen. You know what? 
I think we're off the rails. I think the show is over. I think the chat is sick of us. Let's go ahead and get out of here for the evening after we say thank you to all of the people in our chat, including Phil, Callie. We had Brittany in our chat. We had Nikki in our chat. There was somebody named Asuka in our chat. I don't know if that's a reference to Neon Genesis, but I love you. Uh, and She uh, came Steven here to give us in our chat. That's yeah. true. So I, I just I appreciate everybody, and I believe the last person to mention is Roy, the intrepid DM. So thank you all for being here. Oh, and the lovely Mrs. Sudden making a late appearance in the live chat. Thank you for being here with us. And Rona was here. She was being quiet, and she says she's never sick of us. I appreciate that. That makes you one of a very select group of people, so thank you. All right, gentlemen, for the sign-off order this evening, let's go Ricky, Josh, and then myself. So, for Sudden But Inevitable, I have been Jesse. This is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And I'm Josh. And if I die in the next week, Josh is definitely Kita. Thank you for listening to Sudden But Inevitable. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. To get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarm.net slash SBI. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. That's it. <laughs>